Are you ready? Then, for the thousands here in attendance tonight and for the millions watching at home on TV, let's get ready to suck it! Are you ready? They think you can tell us what to do. You think you can tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready. Bow to the masters. Break it down! Freebirds to Geek Salad episode 94. Oh, you didn't know? I'm Andy. I'm Mike. <coughs> I'm Jim. And today we're going to be talking all about tag team and stable wrestling. If Andy can survive. Oh my god, I just like choked on a Dorito. <laughs> Gee, on a nerd broadcast, we're eating Doritos. <laughs> yeah, I know, like, go figure. It's not like every nerd. Pass me some more Mountain Dew, Mike. <laughs> take, me to the, take me to the fires of Mount Dew. <laughs> Cheeto, Dorito. <laughs> so yeah, today we're talking all about the best and, of course, the worst in tag team wrestling and wrestling stables. So we got lots and lots and lots and lots of feedback. So, of course, who's going to provide us with a whole bunch of that feedback right away? It's uh, Chris's Cultural Corner. KKK, that's not good. And uh, Chris writes... Hello, Geek Salad crew. I love professional wrestling. I first no. Started, I first started watching it in 1981 when Tony Gurria and Rick Martel were the WWF Tag Team Champions. And now you couldn't you've... go five minutes without manage, <laughs> mentioning New Tony Zealand's Tony Gurria. Yep. Oh, yeah. Tony Gurria, who you can still see at um, sporting events from now and then. He's the one cleaning the toilet. <laughs> And yelling at you for leaving he looks your like pubic the, hairs all over it. He looks like one of the men from Texaco. <laughs> so you mean he's not working at Arby's? Nope, nope. That's mine. Yeah, I know. I know. But you didn't bring it up. It's it open it's been sp- like two minutes. Open I- spot for it and you didn't use it. Oh, God. All right. So uh, for me, the golden age of tag team wrestling was the 1980s. Really, Chris? Big surprise. Um, there were so many great tag teams. So here's my top, my top ten favorite tag team and factions of the 80s with theme music included, if any, for the pick. Number 10 on Chris's list is the Wild Samoans. The legendary Captain Lou Albano managed a lot of great tag teams, and Alpha and Sika, the Wild Samoans, were one of his best. They won the WWF Tag Team titles three times. Now, Jim, Mm. what is the stereotype that wrestling is instilled about Samoans? Well, that they generally don't wear shoes, they have gigantic afros, and they use the headbutt. Mm-hmm. And they're impervious to turnbuckle smashes. That's right, because of their thick foreheads. Yes. Now, now but, but there was a time, okay. I'm sorry, one of, the, one of the announcers compared their heads to, it's because of all the coconuts they eat. No. Um, I, 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 I don't think he was around much longer. That wasn't Heenan? I don't think so. Oh. It might have been Blassie. When they could have been, oh, but I mean, you had a You know what could have been? It could have been uh, Ventura. Actually, the current Samoan uh, tag team duo, the Uso the brothers. The Usos, yeah. They don't have afros, but they are, they're tatted up, and uh, they 
are barefoot most yep. of the time. Yeah, you can pretty much put any Simone in a loincloth. And they and do head up, headbutt quite often, yes. Yep, yep. So, all right, next on Chris's list, number nine, the Steiner Brothers. The Steiners ruled the tag team world in the late 80s and mid-90s. They won the NWA, WCW World Tag Team Championship seven times and the WWF Tag Team Championship two times. For people who would argue they're, uh, they're more of a team of the 90s, since they formed in 1988, they qualify as an 80s tag team in my rule book. Um, well, then it's... The Steiners were an okay so tag team. The Steiners were the quintessential NWA tag team. But when they were in the NWA, they were very good. They were excellent. Uh, well, Scott Steiner could actually move. Scott Steiner yeah. used to do the Frankensteiner where he'd jump up in the air, his, yep. his butt would be parallel to the mat, and he would hook his legs around someone and they'd do a flip. I mean, it was, it was a really cool move. Oh, yeah. Until he discovered the magic of <laughs> anabolic steroids. <laughs> exactly. And then if he ever tried doing that again, his, his quads would simultaneously tear. <laughs> I had the displeasure of seeing Scott Steiner wrestle live twice. The first time I saw him wrestle, um, it was, you know, post-bloated steroid era when he re- rejoined the WWE, and he was in a, a, ta- a um, title match against Triple H. And I've only been in a large building once where the, ent- the air got sucked out of the entire building, and it was for that match. I get a text message from Jim that night, or a phone call or something from Jim saying, is it as bad live as it is on TV? Because it looks pretty fucking bad right now. <laughs> and then we saw him again... Like, three months later at Backlash, he was doing the dark match. So he went from, ta- from, the, from the main event to the dark match in, like, three months. And we were so close to, like, everything. It's like, you could just shout out, Hey, Steiner, you suck! And he'd, like, point and jaw jack at you. It's like, yeah, whatever, I can still outrun you. <laughs> just get a good head start. You can turn around and watch, like, gripping his knees, like... <gasps> God. Awful. Mush-mouthed. Uh, well, he could never speak. Yeah, I know. But even with the steroid thing, that was his, like his thing. Oh, what did I just have to say to you? <laughs> and then uh, there was his brother Rick Steiner, the dog-faced gremlin, who, that was his nickname, uh, who also fought, discovered the magic of steroids. Unfortunately for him, a spore fell off of him and he turned into Perry Saturn. <laughs> My favorite Steiner moment is when Rick Steiner argued with uh, Chucky from Child's Play for like 15 minutes on WCW, WCW TV. That was time well spent. Bring your raggedy rear end down here! You got something to like say to me! That, wouldn't you, Ricky? You've been playing with dolls all your life. At least that's what your mother tells me. All right, next up on Chris's list, number eight, the Rock and Roll Express. Oh, Ramalama, Lama, Lama, Rock and Roll is king. Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson had some great feuds with the Midnight Express in multiple NWA territories in the 1980s. Their signature move was the double drop kick. They won the NWA ta- World Tag Titles four times. You know what they? You know what their matches consisted of? Headlock into armbar combination for about 15 minutes or yeah. so. Because usually they'd fight the Anderson brothers. Yeah. Um, and if you liked kicks to the groin, arm locks, and arm bars, those are the matches for you. And then what you would be treated to in every match, I'm surprised that this ever took anybody by surprise. Ricky Morton would have his ass handed to him for about a half hour yeah. until he makes the hot tag. To Robert Gibson. To Robert Gibson, the lesser dynamic <laughs> member of the Rock and Roll Express. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, well, usually, you know, when the team guy finally gets the tag, the place goes ballistic. Yeah. You know, tag, chirp, 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 <laughs> chirp, chirp. 
Put Morton back in it there. It just wasn't believable. No. I mean, he was he was like 132 pounds. <laughs> He'd run out and he'd start clamming the ring of the Road Warriors. And it's like, oh, come on. You know, like back in the day, the AWA, when um, they'd have a tag match. And Vern Gagne was one of the guys in the tag match. Mm. And he was like a sprightly, you know, like a sprightly 80 at this point. I used to like that they did. Vern Gagne would come in. And everyone would be terrified of him. would be terrified. I mean, you'd have six foot eight Hulk Hogan at the yeah. time. He'd be cowering in fear of Vern Gagne. And like, meanwhile, Vern is like picking up his man boobs off the, uh, <laughs> off the mat. He's swinging them like bolos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's why they were so afraid of him. <laughs> All right, next up on Chris's list, number seven, LeVon Eriks, David Kevin Carey version. Mike. The toast of uh, Texas. LeVon Eriks were like rock stars uh, down there to the mid to late 80s. Their feud with the fabulous Freebirds was legendary. They won the NWA six-man tag title five times, and of course, Carey won the NWA world title once. For a half an hour. For, yeah, for almost literally a half hour. They're like, And the NWA said, whoops. What we have we done? No, the reason why they, they gave it to him For is because David, David died David like a week died. before. It's like, oh, put oh, a belt on. We'll get a back on flare in no time. It was a big belt. Um, good match, though. It was a very good match. One of the better matches you watch. Except it, it, it's like all these you know big clotheslines, a discus punch, the claw, like 16 times. Depends on the backslide. Yeah. And yeah. it's flare. Right. Yeah. Um, Harry Von Erich is a horrifically overrated wrestler, in my opinion. He had some good moves. He was okay. He was big, but, I mean, sad to say, Kevin was like the powerhouse in oh, that Oh, Kevin family. was by far, and they never put the belt on him. No, There was all never. kinds of talk that they wanted to do it, and Flair just didn't think... Flair was the main booker, I think, at yeah. the time, and Flair just didn't... He, he didn't think he had Kerry's charisma. <laughs> I, I mean, I, 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 he came out to Ted Nugent's stranglehold. You had to like Kerry. Actually, I mean, he came out to... Um, came out to Tom he, Sawyer. Yeah, Kevin Von Erich. Kerry Von Erich came out to Tom Sawyer. Kevin Von Erich oh, okay. came out to... Misunderstood, yeah. Stranglehold. Yeah. Mike Von Erich came out to Cindy Lauper's Girls Just Want <laughs> to Have Fun. <laughs> I've only seen Kerry Von Erich once. And that was on the first episode of Cheap Seats. Oh God! Yeah, they covered mid uh, mid South region wrestling. Well, I have the I have the um, DVD for World Class Championship Wrestling, which was like that was our Sunday. Uh, you know, that was our first stop of Sun of Saturday morning wrestling. Saturday morning and the world famous Sportatorium in downtown Dallas, Texas. Which I learned from a friend of mine's mother, who was born and raised in Dallas, Texas. She'd never heard of it. So on this WC, on this uh, World Championship Wrestling DVD, they're interviewing Gary Hart, who's a manager in that territory, and he's like, "Yeah, it's like the world's most famous shithole. <laughs> we made it look great on TV, but it's on top of like a, it's, it's on top of a Stuckies. Exactly, <laughs> it's on top of a um, of a composting pile. But the problem is that pile comes to a point, and then the <laughs> the building kind of teeters on top of that. We're here interviewing Kerry Von Eric. Kerry, you just won the title for the umpteenth time. What do you... Uh, uh, come on, Farmer Joe. Don't let the livestock through. Come on. Come on. I've got We're trying to run a show here. Come on. I've got gentleman Chris Adams coming in after this, after he sweeps up the floors in the bathroom. Uh, in order to get to this world-famous event, you got to go down down 3rd Street, <laughs> take the 3rd right onto this little um, backstage alleyway, and then knock on the door three times and say... <laughs> Frank sent me. <laughs> Actually, one of my actual all-time favorite tag teams came from World Class. When when Chris Hern, uh, Chris Adams and Gino Hernandez. Hernandez, I just liked it because they were like the stereotypical 
bad guy for Texas is like, oh, you know, the good guy, the Texas, they're fighting that dirty Mexican Hernandez <laughs> and that scumbag liney, you know, Chris Adams, here to whoop some American justice on you. <laughs> Chris Adams, that sounds like a Canadian name. He is not. He was he, British. He, he was, was from Stafford-on-Avon, England. That's right. Oh, wow. Yeah, in fact, it was his ex-wife who gave us Stone Cold Steve Austin his name. Really? Yes. She's like, you shall be known as Steve from now on. <laughs> I dubbed the Sir Steve. Sir Steve. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I had this. I, I rented this Von Erich DVD from Netflix before WWE got the uh, the rights to the catalog. And essentially, all it ended up being was like two matches and Carrie Von Erich riding a horseback shirtless. <laughs> <laughs> it was like seriously the well thing. worth the postage. Exactly. It's something. So, how did the video start? Did you have like the little hair like, going up and then like three, two, two one? one. <laughs> <laughs> they, they had a play where they had to play Tom Sawyer backwards to get around the copyright. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up on Chris's list, number six, the Hart Foundation. Mm. This applies to the Bret Hart and Jim, the Anvil, Nine Hart version, not the USA-hating faction from the late 90s. For me, there wasn't many tag teams from the WWF that I liked. I was more of an NWA guy in the 80s. The Hart Foundation was one of those exceptions to that. They had a great feud with their former Stampede Wrestling compadres, the British Bulldogs. They won the WWF tag titles tw- uh, two times. Nasty boys! Knobs! Sags! You say you're gonna rock the foundation! You say you're gonna move the foundation! You say you're gonna crack the foundation! Well, to crack the foundation, you've gotta be right at the bottom! And that's exactly where you guys are, is right at the bottom! If you think you're gonna take the tag belts of the World Championship Heart Foundation, tell them, man! That's right, the bottom. You're at the bottom of the barrel, and that's yeah. exactly where you're going to stay. Because yeah. the Heart Foundation, we don't think you're nasty. Yeah. We think you're scum. Um, the best team ever carried by one guy in the history of professional wrestling. Yeah, to, to the level that they made it to at that Bret point, Hart would absolutely. Come in, it would be a clinic. All these perfectly executed suplexes. Even his punches and kicks look really good. And then Neidhart would come in and throw a forearm to the back of the guy's exactly. neck. Oh, he was really good. He had this this move because he had like that 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 spiky goatee where he'd like grab it and sharpen it up and use a headbutt like he's almost impaling them with that. Oh, uh, if you shaved that, that that was his trademark. If you shaved the stupid goatee off, he'd be with the Brooklyn Brawler. Yeah. <laughs> I think he was the Brooklyn Brawler at some point. Oh, oh my god! Yeah, no, you were absolutely right. Um... Well, I mean, you could always rely on Bret Hart to pull the pull the goods. He was an he was he's an excellent wrestler. Oh yeah, he always has been. He's one of the all time greats. Oh, absolutely, yeah. he is. Absolutely. All right, next up, number five, the Midnight Express. I love this team not only because they had some very interesting wrestling moves, all nicknamed by their manager James E. Cornette, uh, but Jim Cornette was legendary on the mic giving promos for the team. One of one of the best. So it was well. It was like well, Bobby Eaton. Bobby Eaton, who was the fattest, chubbiest dude who could. He could. I mean, he he was a, he was an aerial wrestler. Yeah. He was good. He was. Uh, they, you know what's funny? I'm sure I haven't watched a Midnight Express Rock and Roll Express match in probably 25 right. years. I can't imagine they've aged well. No one has aged well. I've saw, I've seen Robert Gibson. No, I can't imagine the matches. Up. If you watch the matches oh, yeah. now, oh, yeah. I don't think they age well. Not at all. I mean, the Midnight Express was a fantastic... I mean, they were, I think, the best tag team of that era. 
in that in the NWA. Yeah, they made him faces at the end because that makes sense. When they do turn on Cornette. No, they, yeah, and then they served him up to the Road Warriors. <laughs> well, we're getting to that. Next up on Chris's list, number four, the British Bulldogs. In my opinion, they're they four on his list. Yeah, wow. In my opinion, they were the best WWF tag team in the 80s. I love their style of wrestling. They were quick and powerful. And as I stated earlier, they had a great feud with the Hart Foundation. They won the WWF tag titles one time. That's right. One time. And Wikipedia wouldn't lie about that. (laughs) Um, I love the British Bulldogs. I mean, apart from the fact, yes, they are, in fact, from the land of Britain. But they were the first guys who actually, I mean... When they executed a move, it looked like it hurt the other guy. Yeah, hmm. you know, like when when Davey, uh, Dynamite Kid would do the snap suplex, or they do—I mean, they do the superplex or the power slam. I mean, they, everything they did looked it looked substantial. Yeah. It looked like it's like wow, these guys are great. <clears throat> they were a perfect combination where Dynamite was the aerial guy, yeah. Davey Boy was, was the big power guy, was the power guy, but he moved really well for yeah. a power guy. Um, the problem, they couldn't speak. And then the match where they finally break through. When they finally win the title. Dynamite Kid gets hurt. He has a career-ending uh, spinal injury, and he, he can never really defend it. They can they only defend the titles for like six months, and they had a... Le- I think it was less than six months. I don't know, but then they, they put the titles on the... the on the hearts, yeah. And then they wrestled for like two more years while Dynamite just deteriorated like crazy. Yeah. But they influenced a lot. Of wrestlers, especially a lot of Canadian wrestlers. Well, they're that's the, where they came up from. Well, they, Canada, but they also cut their teeth in Japan. Right. Where, you know, I mean... Benoit. Benoit. I mean, Benoit was a spitting image of of, of uh, Dynamite. The diving headbutt, the lot the, of... The snap, snap, all, all the snap su- suplex. The suplex heavy. The chops personal. was heavy. Like, those chops would have been fucking hurt. Well, I'm sure they probably did. Yeah, well, I know that they, they, they tore it, it apart Mick Foley in one of but, his first matches. But they show them one time, like, the, how they would execute it. They'd, they'd hit you, but then they'd, like, slap their hand up. Yeah. So it would make the slapping noise, but it, it looked like it would... It looked like it. It looked like... Because they were actually making contact. Yeah. But yeah. they looked athletic. It looked like they were hitting you. There were a lot of guys back then. I mean, you could look at them. You would watch Sergeant Slaughter throw a punch. <laughs> You'd be chuckling to yourself. Yeah, a lot of guys the, these days that, you know, you see them get them on the, on the turnbuckle and punching them. And like, okay, yeah, you could try to make contact. I watched contact Ryback the other course. night. Oh, he's terrible. Yeah. He doesn't even look like he's hitting you. The only reason why he got as much of a push as he did was because of his size. He'd be like... But the other thing with the Bulldogs, I remember as a kid, was they were like one of the first teams I ever remember. Like, they chased those titles for a solid year. Yep. They were the, the best tag team for a full year. Against uh, Valentine and Beefcake. Valentine and Beefcake, who were, car- you know, again, a tag team that was carried by one guy. And the whole thing was a favor to uh, Hogan's best friend, Beefcake. Here. Here, brother, have the titles for a year. They held you them for to- a long time, though. You totally deserve them, brother. <laughs> You totally deserve them, dude. <laughs> and that's when McMahon look out for the sail, look out for the hang glider. <laughs> <laughs> that's when McMahon crawled out from Helgen's ass and said, "Yep, eat, they really do," and crawled back in. That's right. <laughs> now ring the bell. Ring the fucking bell. <laughs> All right. Next up on Chris's list, number three, the fabulous Freebirds. Down the street, they ran the other way. Fat free in the land of the air. Fat is free in the whole USA. 
You talk about innovators. The Freebirds were the ultimate innovators. The first wrestlers to use theme music. The first real faction, one, uh, one of the first cool heels. One of the first teams to use any two of their three members to defend a tag team title on any In given a tag night. team that would never be allowed to see the light of day. Anybody who comes walking yeah. out with Confederate flags in <laughs> gold lame. <laughs> oh, it was Iceman King Parsons. Oh, God. Those were those were special matches. It's like, oh, man. Yep. And I guess now you still can't get the Southern Boy out of Michael Hayes. Like, a couple of years ago, he got... He got suspended from WWE because um, he was having a conversation in the back room with uh, Mark Henry. And he looks at him and goes, Mark, I'm a bigger Negro than you are. <laughs> and they fired him for it. <laughs> or they suspended him for a long, long time. I'm not surprised. What yeah. a great theme music, though. Oh, Bad Street USA. Oh, my God. Bad Street, the whole USA. I remember, too, because on, on, their, on the programming, they were, like, selling a CD. So it wasn't just that one. It was, well, it was... Cassette and record, probably, but yeah. it was um, like you get the one song, and then you let Michael Hayes sing a whole bunch of other songs. Oh yeah, well no, it, it, yeah, they had the album, and oh yeah, well Michael Hayes had a, a reasonably good singing voice. Yeah, but then you know Terry Gordy and Buddy Roberts oh, would stand God. there with tambourines and <laughs> clanging them off their heads. You know? Then there was the video where they had them like try to play guitars. Yeah, and they, they looked ridiculous. They stole the set from the missing persons. They had like those <laughs> plasticky mirrors in the background. <laughs> Which totally made sense. I mean he would do the uh he would do the moonwalk on his way out. But yeah, again. Because nothing says Southern Fried Rock like the moonwalk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they were a great tag team though. I rooted for them. Right, next up, uh number two, the four horsemen. That would consist of Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard, Rick Flair, and Barry Windham. The Ultimate Wrestling Faction. At one time, the Horsemen held all the major gold in the NWA. Ric Flair had the NWA Even World Even the TV title? title? Oh, that's right. Arn yeah. always had the TV title. Arn and Tully with the NWA World Tag title and Barry Windham with the U.S. title. I thought Sid Vicious was one of those. Oh, God, they had tons of them. Oh, yeah. Their feuds with the NWA's top faces like Dusty Rhodes, the Road Warriors, Nikita Koloff, Sting, and Lex Luger were great, and they were staples on the War Games pay-per-view events. Titles they won were too many to count. Um, Best stable of all time. Yes. The originals, though. Oh well, I, actually, I think that the um, I think the Wyndham version is better than the one with Oli. I liked Oli Anderson. I, I, I like the Andersons. I think it would happen. Oli, they they fired him or something like that. Yeah, know. they fired him a couple of times, but he kept coming back, like the proverbial bad penny. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I oh, I love the Horseman. It was great, you know, because it was just one of those things that okay, Ric Flair's in trouble. Here comes Arn. Here comes Tully. Here comes Oli. Oh, no, they're pulling out the TV title. Yep. They're going to smash someone upside the noggin with it. Uh-oh. The television title can only be defended on television. Even though I saw it one time in a dark match. <laughs> so, so much for that. Yeah. All right. So, number one on Chris's list. I know you've all been waiting for this. I haven't, but go ahead. The Road Warriors. That's who I thought it would be. Oh, yep. what? The, in my opinion, the best tag team in professional wrestling history. Yes, Andy, better than Edge and Christian. The only tag team to win all three major world tag team titles of, at the time, the AWA, the NWA, and the WWF, yes. in their prime, they were literally unstoppable. Yes, when They, they have one of the most awesome entrances, musics, and run-ins ever. They won the a, uh, AWA world tag titles one time, NWA one time, and WWF tag titles two times. Well, Commence. here's my problem. <laughs> uh, well, I remember seeing them for the first time when they were in the AWA. A- yeah. 
and uh, they had a, a, a big heavy feud with um, Greg Gagne and Jumping Jim Brunzel. <laughs> I mean, you just looked. It was just such a mismatch. You just oh, looked, yeah. I mean, they were like our size, you know, the Brunzel. And then they said, well, we need to put a super squad together to combat the Road Warriors. So they found Crusher Jerry Blackwell <laughs> and Baron Von Raschke, who I think was actually in Hitler's squad. <laughs> Uh, SS. He was that old at the time. Oh, God. It was awful. God, that was some bad wrestling back then. But you know, Baron Von Raschke would be shluffling around the ring. Yeah, doing his goose stepping. You do the claw. Yeah. Which they know sold. That was my problem with the Road Warriors is that it wouldn't sell. Anything. It was impossible for them to try to make anybody look good or have a competent looking match because it was all them just beating up on some guys. They didn't lose. Actually, um, I saw. Actually, before I came over here, I. Clipped on. I was just searching through uh, YouTube, and I found a, at least the beginning of a match yeah. between the Road Warriors and the the High Towers. The, the it was like Sid Vicious and one other oh really, really tall guys. And no, it was it was Sid Vicious and Mean Mark Callis. Yeah, who was the Undertaker. Right. And I mean that that was actually a pretty decent match from what I saw of it because I mean yeah they, um. Because you know the the single like powerful moves that the Road Warriors would do were, was pretty much unfazing. They have to like pull off some. Didn't the WWE moves. or WWF at the time serve that? Finally, they got them to the WWF and they served up demolition on a platter to them. Pretty much, yeah. I think honestly, demolition was where they were brought in. Essentially, they couldn't get the Road Warriors, so they so they made their own. Demolition's a better tag team. Hands down, yeah. Demolition was a far better tag yeah. team. I mean, neither of them could really speak per se. But what they is it, the guy that played Kurt Crusher the, uh, was it? I forget <clears throat> the name of the guy. Smash, Smash. He could speak. Yeah, He's he could right. speak. Yeah. I mean, this was the extent of a Road Warriors thing. I have to sub for Mike on this. So this was this was every Road Warriors promo ever cut. Well, I'll punch you in the face. Well, <laughs> that's pretty much yeah. It. That was every Road Warriors thing. And then, I mean, I like their manager, Paulie, uh, Paul, Paul Ellering. Yeah. Except when they when they came to the WWF and he brought in Rocco, this mannequin. Oh, I know. Yeah. They got rid of him after that, though. I think he was losing his mind. Yeah. L- losing his mind? I think he lost his mind. No. Oh. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, uh, someone who wanted to join us this evening but was unable to was B-Mix. He felt very bad about it. So he sent me a list in a little segment we like to call A Dash of Pomod with B-Mix. <laughs> so, um, yeah, he's a little pissed <laughs> that he can't make it tonight. So, um, in no order, here are his favorite tag teams. And there might be some repeats from Chris's, but... The Can-Am Express. The Dudley Boys. Of course. Yeah. I'm a huge fan I, of their ECW styles and their surprised. little run. They had some very talented teams in the promotion. Once they get rid of the multiple members of the clan, i.e. Dances with Dudley and Dudley Dudley, and um, dealt with the major two talents in the group, then things were off and running. All said and done, they have won a tag team title over the four major promotions a total of 23 times. It's very hard to argue. The fi- their famous finishing move is the death- Deadly Death Drop. I really didn't have a problem with the Dudleys, except I got sick of them. The Rock says, Who are you two, Rudy Poos? <laughs> you don't even know the Dudley Boys? Oh, he knows them. Little head game going on here. You should know by now that we are the 
well, just got so sick of them by the midway through their WWE. That was run. to me, but they were part of for me, anyways, the golden age of mm. tag team wrestling when you had them and you had absolutely. Christian and um, I think I don't know. I I, I thought they were they were decent. Um, they were decent guys, but. They were they were more about inflicting pain than actually winning. Well, I mean that well that was part of I it. I thought they just took a beating. Yeah, well they put it they put an extreme spin on what was already becoming a, an extreme type of um yeah. t- it, t- type of era because they were the ones that started bringing the chairs and the tables. Yeah, they always and, seemed to find a way to get a table into the match. I mean, well, yeah, that was their thing. That was yeah, that was their thing, man. I mean, it was I, I was watching I was watching um they they did a, a steel cage match against the uh, the Hardy Boys the Hardys yeah and steel cage match they still managed to get a table into the yep. into the ring yeah well that's because that's probably one of those steel cage matches where it, it ended by pinfall uh, it did yes. they have ruined the cage matches um yeah like I said I don't really have a problem with them I'm amazed that um. That Bubba Ray is still not only viable as a wrestler. Where is he? He's TNA. He's won their. Um, he's actually won their heavyweight championship once or twice. Yeah. So next up on B Mix's list is the Miracle Violence Connection. Ooh. Now according to B Mix, I'm generally not a fan of singles wrestlers being made into a tag team, but in this case, I'll make an exception. Terry Gordy and Steve Doctor Death Williams were short-lived team, only three years, but once again in those years they held. The um, AJPW, the All Japan Pro Wrestling Tag Titles, five times. Well, who could forget that? And in 1992, they held both the WCW and NWA titles. After they split up in 1992, they both kind of faded away with lousy gimmicks and horrible storylines. And death. Oh, oh, yes. On Actually, both their counts. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Next up, um, he also mentions the Road Warriors. I, feel real, I really feel there's no way to have a conversation about tag team wrestling without mentioning them. They were innovative in their style in the ring. Their mic style and their use of face paint has become legendary. It translated to every promotion they were in and always received a great crowd reaction. No matter if they were heels or faces, they were always over. And once again, this uh, the 24 combined title reigns does not does make them high on any list. I I I kind of kind of got to hit them because I bl- I can blame them for the Ultimate Warrior. They're, they're, yeah, there's plenty of reason to blame them for the Ultra Warrior. Because they got the same face paint right there. Yeah. yeah it just, mm, I think they hung around far too long. You also got Sting. Yeah, that's true. We did get Sting out of it. Sting and the Ultimate Warrior were a team. They were the yes, Blade they were Runners. the Blade Runners. <laughs> the talent and the steroids. <laughs> so. And the copyright infringement. <laughs> B-Mix also brings up the Hart Foundation. Now, this is an interesting team. They do not have the championship legacy that some of the others on this list have, but because this team is a true legend, was born in Bret Hart. And once again, Canadian. I love watching them. The combination of power and technical, I also love their finishing move, the heart attack clothesline. Or as I like to call it, the here to tick. This is Chicago. Uh, yeah, I, I Midwestern. Yeah, I All right. He also brings up the APA. Now, once again, this is a team made up of two singles wrestlers, but I have to say I love them. The in-ring work may not have been the best, but what they did out of the ring more than made up for that, in my opinion. So he, they're boring and they suck, but he loves them. It's just the he same. loves them because they drink beer and beat up people. Oh, well. Yeah. Well, you know, what's not to love? And then finally on B-Mix's list is Edge and Christian. 
Now, Andy has already made it clear where he stands on this team. I have, you know. And uh, I will have to echo what he has said. I love everything about them. Fun on the mic and outside the ring and pure pros in the ring. In their tight pants. In their very, very tight pants. I, I... can't imagine anybody having anything bad to say about Edge and Christian. And I know some people are like, they sucked. Really? Who said that? Nobody said I that. Actually, I know some people who just could not, didn't like them. I thought between, I mean, apart from the fact they were just terribly, terribly talented wrestlers. They, they had great speak. mic skills. Oh, they both had, yeah, they both had great mic skills. They were funny as hell. How did we get suckered into this match with The Undertaker and The Rock? We gotta think of an excuse this time, and it's gotta be good. What about pneumonia? Mick's a best-selling author. He's not going to fall for that. What about Tourette syndrome? It's a live show. We can't be trusted. (laughs) Genital warts. That's disgusting. Yeah, but think about it. Rock and Undertaker aren't going to want to touch us. (laughs) And no one's going to want to look down our pants. We're made. We got it made. You might have something there. Genital warts. (laughs) Remember, they used to have this thing where they'd come out, cut a promo before the match where they'd have for the people with the benefit of flash photography a three-second photo op, and they pose in the middle of the ring. And, and then they started bringing in costumes where they were in, like, they're wrestling in Memphis, Tennessee, and they both came out, and they're both wearing these Elvis costumes, but they were like the white jumpsuits, but they're coming out all fat and, you know, with the <laughs> big pompadours. I thought they were creative. I thought that, um, I think they're everything that a great tag team should be. Absolutely. Um, they're they're probably they're my favorites. Never a boring match. I really don't think they ever had a boring. I match. mean, if you if you have a list of top, if there's a DVD of the top ten tag team matches in the WWE history, they're probably in five of them. Yeah, absolutely. They're in. I think the the two best reviewed, best rated tag team matches of all time were the ladder matches at WrestleMania with the Hardys and the Dudleys. Yeah, yeah. At WrestleMania 2000, and then the following SummerSlam in 2000. Where they actually called it a TLC match. It was insane what they were doing. I mean, Edge was on a ladder and speared somebody off of the tag title that was already hanging from the ladder. Onto a table. Onto a table. I remember that. Insane. I remember I remember seeing that seeing a match between uh, it was like Edge and Christian versus I want to see the Dudleys. Yeah. And like I, I think they were it might have been like um the nineteen ninety nine Apocalypse one or Armageddon. Uh-huh. And they were out they were outside the ring, and they were like climbed this huge, huge pile, and they did a drop onto a table from it, and it had to have been a good 20, 30 yeah. foot drop. Oh, it's. And I don't care if you perforate the tables. Yeah, it still kills. What, yeah. Oh yeah. Sure oh yeah. I'm sure those guys have torn rotator. I mean, Edge had to retire. I mean, he just took such a beating. Oh, exactly. I mean, he he had you know he had the neck fusion. Uh, what, like twice or something like that? And then he finally are like... They said you have to if you, re- if you wrestle one more match, you will be paralyzed. So what do you want to do? Actually, he's on a pretty good show, uh, show on Sci-Fi now. Oh, yeah, I, I heard about it. Haven. Is, Haven. Is it actually any good? Yeah, yeah, I enjoy it. And he plays... He actually plays a rather interesting, fun guy on it. Huh. Yeah. Is okay. that the name of the character, interesting, fun guy? No, no. He, he, uh, oh. he, he, he plays this guy that... Like, Haven is... Um, it's like a town that every now and then somebody shows up that has this weird power, and he's the guy that kind of goes goes around and cleans up after them. After them, you know, kind of hushes like it shows under the rugs. Get terrible gas or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. All right. So, um, 
Mike C. also couldn't be here tonight, so he actually took it to Facebook to find out uh, who people's favorite tag teams uh, were. So, as, as his list goes, uh, Jen Dragstedt brings up uh, the Hart Foundation. She also loved the Wild Samoans. Bobby Hathaway brings up the Moondogs. That is all. <laughs> the Moondogs. Well, if you, if you need a bunch of guys who honestly looked like they had Uncle on, Jesse. Had, on, 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 um, on Moonshine and Ritz Crackers. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not even so. I, you know, I'm not even sure what the shtick was. They just had bones, and they used to smack people upside yeah. the head with them. And sounds, they were a freak show, so of course Captain Lou Albano was their manager. Of course, that sounds like an uh, earlier generation of the Wyatt family. Who the current? Uh, the current? Oh, the, like, Wy- the Wyatts. The Wyatts you know, essentially are like you know, yeah, see, yeah. Hard Hill. You know, um, Hard Hill Billy Hard Hill. Yeah, Del- yeah, Deliverance type. Yeah, yeah. John Kerry brings up the Road Warriors. Um, Carrie Ann uh, Moulton brings up she doesn't want anyone to hate but she loved the Killer Bees and the Moondogs the Killer Bees <laughs> B. Brian Blair and uh, Jumpin' Jim Brunzel there was a time where they actually considered putting the belts on them yep and then he laid off the sauce <laughs> What the heck? I don't even know what the finishing move was. I couldn't tell you what it is either. Maybe you know, could very well have been the bee sting. For as far as I know, you know what they were? They were they were too... fodder to the Heart Foundation. Yeah, they were journeyman wrestlers. They were like those those upper upper mid card teams that when you brought them on like WWF superstars on Saturday morning, they would beat up the team of Joe Smith and Larry the uh, Larry the janitor. Or it would be. C-level schlump that you know, like Baron Mikel Sescluna <laughs> and the guy who's serving, serving con, corn dogs at Arby's. All right. Or cleaning up Zach Efron's... Uh, <laughs> cocaine. That's right. Okay. All right. Just trying to see what else anybody else has to say here. There's a lot of conversation about the Road Warriors. Uh, Carrie Ann also likes the British Bulldogs. Jeffrey Gross brings up the Bushwhackers. We Honest, wish he wouldn't. Oh God! I remember they were they were like one of those mid south teams that were like they were like the Dudleys. They, they were weren't violent. the they no, were, they were the the um, they were the New Zealand sheep herders. That's right, and they were violent, bloody, you know, barbed wire matches and all this. Then they bring him into uh, the WWF and they become a kids act all of a sudden. Yeah, they're like licking each other's heads and stuff yeah. like that. It was, hey, one of my favorite wrestling moments was at your house during I think it was like WrestleMania four. With the with the infamous Doug and Booger, Well, they come lick his face afterwards. No, well, yeah, that's what your dad was like. Hey, maybe uh, the bushwhacker could come out and lick that thing off. <laughs> um, Jeffrey also hated Money Inc. I just want to point out that Money Inc. is the only time that Ted DiBiase held a title in the WWF. That's correct. Yeah, because you know why, right? <laughs> Hulksters in the house. Oh, yeah. Check it out. Check, check it out. Um. Money Inc. That was Ted, Ted DiBiase and who else? Money Inc. Uh, Mike Rotondo. IRS. IRS. IRS Urban R. R. Scheister. Right. The wrestling accountant. He wrestled with the tie, you know. I'm yeah. amazed he didn't keep the glasses on the tip of his nose the entire time, too. I remember him from the uh, from our gimmick wrestler show. Yeah. Oh, God. I mean, the funny thing is, though, too, it was Mike Rotunda, and he was one of the most... One of the best technical wrestlers. But he was like time. a straight... He was like a straight edge, you know. Mm. I mean, he's finishing holding. That was the airplane spin, right? 
I mean, you don't get much more vanilla than his that. His finishing move was a... Uh, his finishing hold essentially was a three-count pin. <laughs> um... Now, one thing we're surprised that uh, Mike didn't bring up, or anybody else, but B-Mitch brought up for him. Techno Team 2000. I don't remember them. They were just, they were, they were WCW team uh, during, the, during the height of the laser tag craze of the late 80s. That is a Mike Cicerone special. That is a Mike Cicerone was special. There was a, there was a Saturday morning cartoon based on laser tag. Did you, did you watch it? I know. You did. I did not. And then finally, uh, from Mike's feedback, we got um, John Winsky, who brings up in terms of WWE, the Hart Foundation demolition were definitely high on my list. Um, he might think differently after watching a week's worth of uh, WWE Network in a few weeks. The worst tag team can't stand the New Age Outlaws. John, I'm right there with you. Oh, you didn't know? Could very well be one of the most overrated, over-decorated tag teams in history. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! Here's how bad they were. First of all, they were carried by, you know, it's like the Heart Foundation or the Dream Team. They're carried by one guy. Yeah, Triple H. No, no. The <laughs> New Age Outlaws were carried by badass Billy Gunn. Yeah, in terms of wrestler, but he couldn't speak. He couldn't speak at all. So, so that's when they bring in Jesse James, the road dog. Now, Jesse James fits right into my um, my idea that, you know how you can tell when a wrestler sucks by his finishing move being the pump handle slam? <laughs> he looked like a big blob of tapioca sliding <laughs> all over the ring. No, seriously. And I'm supposed they to believe never, this guy's going to beat the rock? Right. They never let him take his shirt off for that reason. <laughs> When they let Kamala take his shirt off and they won't let you take yours <laughs> off, man. And they they actually are, right now, they're the current um, tag team ah, that champion. Won't, that won't last. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they've been keeping the titles on people for a long time now. I mean, the Rhodes brothers kept one, you know, kept the titles on forever, which yeah, is but surprising. I don't know. Personally, I think that Road Dog has aged better than Billy Gunn has. Oh, Billy Gunn has probably had like 15 different facelifts at this point. Oh. Remember his failed singles career? Yes. Well, cause The Rock tried putting him over, and even The Rock couldn't do it. Oh, yeah. Because well, yeah, they had him win the the uh, the King of the Ring. Mm. And then The Rock cut the funniest promo. I mean, The Rock has cut oh, funny yeah. promos. But when he did this thing where he's impersonating Billy Gunn praying to God... Well, you see, Bobby, my name's Billy. It doesn't matter what your name is. Oh, dear God. You see, my name's Billy, and I just won King of the Ring, but there's one problem. Everybody still thinks that I absolutely suck. And then at that point, Billy, your house started to shake, the heavens opened up, and God himself spoke to you and said this, Bob, but my name's Billy. It doesn't matter what your name is. You are absolutely right. You do suck. But there is one thing and one thing only you can do. You must go find the man who is simply electrifying. 
must go find the rock. Oh my god, anybody but the rock. Know your role and shut your mouth. <laughs> and they tried to translate that to a feud. That feud failed. Well, they actually let him beat the rock yeah. in the match. And then they realized it was a horrible, horrible mistake, and they had the rock clean his clock. My God, what have we done? Well, try that out. Oh, hey, no. let's get the butt split about on China. See what happens. Oh God, jail the intercontinental belt. I think like three times. Who did? China. Oh. All right. And then, um, my taking to Facebook, Joe Murphy. Like, he sent the picture, of course. Um, high Energy, the team of Coco Beware and Owen Hart. I'm going to pass this photo around to Jim and Mike so they get a good look <laughs> at what is probably early 90s, but more than likely, you know, well, like should have been late 80s. <laughs> Just going to show that Owen Hart was going to do anything for a paycheck. That poor, poor bastard. Poor Owen Hart. At least he got... He- Got to do something. Coco Beware was a Swahili his entire career. I haven't seen that much day glow since since a rave. Oh my god! I'm waiting for boys to come in to come out and start <laughs> busting some rhymes. Boys to men, no, that that's straight up uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air right there. Bel Bib de Vaux. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and then Jamie Shea brings up uh, the tag team of King Kong Bundy, Little Tokyo, and Lord Littlebrook at WrestleMania three. Didn't that produce one of your favorite WrestleMania moments of all time? Yes, when the elbow dropped. <laughs> he, like, little splashed beaver. Little Beaver. <laughs> I thought my father was going to wet his pants. It was, it was rather... Yeah, rather... Hillbilly Jim was there, too. Oh, that's right. Oh, God. Back when they used to have, like, the Hillbilly uh, tag teams of, like, Hillbilly Jim and Uncle Elmer. And then when they fizzled out, they said, Hey, let's resurrect the Hillbilly thing and bring out the Godwins. <laughs> oh, God. The hog wins. Yeah. So, um, all right. So let's let's move on a little bit. Uh, so now let's talk about some of the worst tag teams of all time because who doesn't love them? Aren't we kind of doing that already? No, we're kind of doing that already. Jim, do you want to? Um, you 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 had a list. I do. Uh, why don't you start? All right, I'll start. I found a list on AlliedPowers.com. Um, um, their, their tagline is, you will be humbled by the camel clutch, and they've got a picture of the fat Iron Sheik just putting his finger up, because he will humble Oh, you. so it was, uh, it was Iron Sheik and... Um, Nikolai Volkov. Nikolai Volkov, yes. During the Olympic opening ceremony, I can't tell you how many people were hoping that Nikolai Volkov was going to be there to <laughs> sing the Russian national anthem for them. <laughs> Too bad that, you know, it would have involved uh, Iron Sheik to get off the couch and... Uh, <laughs> Freddie Blassie to resurrect himself. <laughs> All right, so on their list, uh, they have Lex Luger and Davy Boy Smith, the Allied Powers. I find it ironic that the name of the, on a DVD spotlighting the greatest tag teams is the same name as one of the worst teams. This team was beyond bad. Topping it off, even the most casual wrestling fan could see these two had no chemistry whatsoever. This is a surprise that Lex Luger bolted for WCW as soon as he could find the time in the Allied Powers. Uh, next up, X-Pac and Just Incredible, also known as X-Factor. This was one of the only bombs during the Stone Cold uh, era of WWE wrestling. Just about everyone and everything was hot during this era. Uh, unfortunately, these two guys never seemed to click in the ring or with fans. ECW fans are still bitter about the raw deal they 
they feel one of their own gut in the WWE. Sadly, neither one of these guys was able to recover from this disaster. <laughs> oh, Ken Patera and Billy Jack Haynes. Actually, the closest thing Xbox came to resurrecting is uh, joining uh, Degeneration X. No, this was after that. Oh, really? This was after that. Oh, yeah, okay. they broke up mind. DX. Um, so he was doing his own thing. Oh, no, actually, what really destroyed his career was the One Night in China thing. Uh, <laughs> that would destroy more than your career. Ken <laughs> uh, Patera and Billy Jack Haynes. It is no surprise that both of these guys... The full Nelsons, yeah. they call themselves. <laughs> I think so. It's no surprise that both of these guys have taken shots at each other over the years in interviews. This was a disappointing team, to say the least. The team was supposed to wrestle Demolition at WrestleMania 4, but Billy Jack wound up giving notice. Campatera left soon after that. It was probably the worst error in all-time greats, Campatera. The Beverly Brothers! Um, keep in mind, the Beverly Brothers wrestled in a great era tag team wrestling. They never got off the ground and reached the success they had in AWA. Uh, Hercules and Paul Roma, the power and the glory. That's right. <laughs> This one never had a chance from the start. Paul Roma was a former preliminary wrestler. No matter how much they tried, fans never bought it. <laughs> I was at a wrestling match one time in Worcester. And Paul Roma, of course, you know, they did the announcements for, you know, the Ice Capades show. <laughs> after Paul Roma wrestled. And there was some gigantic troglodyte next to me screaming, going, Paul Roma! Paul Roma, he's so handsome. Look at him go! Oh, his hair's so long and flowing because he had back then. He, you know, because he had, he was like the Italian Z Cavaricci. Yep. Yeah. You know, <laughs> mullet wear an Italian dude. So um, next up on this list is Men on a Mission. The team consisted of Mo and Mabel, managed by Oscar. Oscar was a terrible imitation of Flavor Flav, the hype man of the group. Mabel would do the most ridiculous-looking dance following their matches, and Mabel would go on to success as a singles wrestler as the world's scariest garbage bag, Viscera. <laughs> Has a rap-themed tag team ever, ever worked? Never. Never. I'm surprised in the early 80s they didn't get, like, like pay the Sugar Hill Gang $100 million <laughs> to come out and wrestle. I was over here. Oh, no! <laughs> Next up, Chuck and Billy. How crazy is it that this te team was involved in the most publicized oh, okay. angles in WWE history? Oh. The team was a takeoff of the ambiguously gay duo of SNL fame. While they never acknowledged that they were gay, they teased it all the way to having a mock wedding. Incidentally, Howard Stern played uh, clips of Eric Bischoff from this angle for months following the angle. I just remember this because it, it, like... We saw them lose their belts. That's right, we did, to Hogan and Edge. That's right. On and then Jim looked at me and said, I look like I had a fresh piece of shit in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember, this. yeah, they're right. This was the most pu widely publicized, like, wrestling angle in a long, long time. And, like, the, um, I think it was, like, Glad gave them a gravy boat for their wedding and all that. <laughs> And then at the very end, before they were going to get married, um, Three Minute Warning came out and beat the shit out of them. <laughs> the Bushwhackers, what a letdown this run was for longtime fans of the Sheep Herders. These guys went from wrestling, barbed wire cage matches to slapstick. Yep, that's my opinion. So some honorable mentions, Colonel Mustafa and Sergeant Slaughter, The Road Dog and Kay Quick, <laughs> Mike Rotunda and Dan Spivey. The Young Stallions. Yeah, you know why it was, it was Mike Rotundant? Because Dan Spidey kind of looked like Barry, <laughs> Barry Windham. <laughs> kind of. He's tall and blonde, right? He uses a bulldog. He has a stupid move. If I saw the Young Stallions. That was Paul Roma. 
Oh shit, I can't remember who the other guy was. But another like, you know, jobber to the I know stars. who you're talking about, yeah. Jim Powers. Yes. Uh, Brutus Beefcake and Hulk Hogan. They, they, they were like, Jim Powers is like a Kerry Von Eric ripoff. Yeah. Like long, a long part. But he was the Italian. Um, Tatanka and King Kong Bundy. <laughs> Justin Albert. <laughs> the Godwins. Yeah. Techno Team 2000. The Machines. That's Hulk Hogan. That can't be possibly Hulk Hogan. He's orange like Hulk Hogan, but he's wearing a mask. There's no way you can possibly. Oh, they brought their good friend, the Giant Machine boy, and he's from Grenoble, France. Too. I mean, he's from uh, Mount uh, Godzilla in Japan, and uh, he's drinking crates of wine and getting blompkins all over the place. That can't possibly be Andre the Giant. He's, Beer can looks like a V8 can in his hand. It's, it can't be Hogan. God. Oh, here's one. Chronic. Oh. Brian oh. Adams and some other dude. We're both dead now, probably due to the massive yeah. steroid use. Owen Hart and Coco Beware, high energy. Hibbley Jim and Uncle Elmer. Corporal Kirshner and George the Animal Steel. Yup. Oh, boy. Yep. They would headline your high school shows <laughs> against the Russian Scorpions. <laughs> I actually have a list. It's not necessarily the worst teams. Uh-huh. It's the worst names. All right. Um, I have eight that I, I've gone through. Uh, number eight for me is Air Boom. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, the team of... Um... Evan Bourne and Kofi Kingston. <laughs> Air Boom. I don't know much about them. You can, you can All right. Well, I mean, the thing is with Kofi Kingston, Kofi Kingston is one of the most over guys that they have on their roster, but... He made the mistake of being born black. <laughs> no offense doesn't like that. <laughs> no. Hey, he's gonna puke. <laughs> he's All got right. big old dreadlocks going. I, uh, number two, I have... Hang on. Uh, the Brain Busters. Tully Blanchard and Arne Anderson were a very successful I tag team. I love them. In the NWA. Yeah. And when they came to the WWE, Vince McMahon, I have a vision. <laughs> You guys are going to use a brain buster. Hence, we'll call you the brain busters. They were already over. Right. They didn't need it. But this is just Vince feeling the need to rubber stamp everything he did. Yeah. If I can take something good and ruin it, my day, it's, it's been a full day. <laughs> they were excellent. And they actually held the title and then uh, lost to Strike Force. Oh. Um, my personal favorite tag team of all time. The Ding Dongs. Oh, yes. We discussed them on our gimmick wrestling show. They were not like they were not based on the Drake's cakes. They had nope. bells on their heads. <laughs> well, you know, and I told this story during the, the This gimmick. was when the WWF was in big, big no, this was trouble. The, this, was, this was the NWA. I thought they no, it's oh, that's right. That's right. I got them mixed up with someone else. That's right. They used, right. To, they used to serve them up to the Road Warriors or, the, or, the, or Ivan Koloff and Nikita Koloff once in yeah, a What they would do is, and I, I talked this on, on the Gimmick Wrestling Show, Blame that them. what they did was they, they figured that they needed something for the kids. So they're going to have these hunchback wrestlers because you can't pin a hunchback. You can't pin the shoulders to the ground, right? Right. Then Ole Anderson was like, well, no, that's horse shit. All you got to do is like flip them over and put them into an ankle lock and they'll tap out like little bitches. <laughs> uh. But the bell thing stuck. <laughs> the ding-dongs. I like the ding-dongs. Uh, there's also one of my favorite teams, 
the typhoon and earthquake, oh, God. natural disasters. What do you get when you put two fatties together in the <laughs> WWE tag team champions? Oh God, I don't think they actually. I don't think they ever held the title. All right, tag team champions are a guaranteed feud with Hulk Hogan, Hogan where yeah. you will eventually lose. Yes, because you are big and fat, <laughs> and unfortunately for these two dudes, Canadian. Yeah. Oh. Uh, but but see, the typhoon was originally. One of Hulk Hogan's best friends, and you know they bring tugboat, the, yeah, tugboat. And they He's my best friend, best friend, dude. <laughs> yeah, they brought the tugboat in. I just remember when they had when they brought Earthquake in. It's like he had this. It just looked like a friggin' body condom that he was wearing because he's so fat. It's the only thing to contain him in. But he was just like he kinda, was different than all the fat guys. He was he was moving around, but he was sweating and drooling <laughs> like oh. like like Jabba. It was just awful. Oh, they they were intravenously ejecting Twinkie filling <laughs> in his arms. He was just... He's different from other fat guys. He doesn't use his belly. He uses his ass. It's a pinion of the man. Well, he did kill Damien after all. He did. Oh, here's a Mike Cicerone team. The Spirit Squad. Oh, God. Yeah. Wrestling cheerleaders. But they did produce Dolph, Dolph Ziggler. So. They did. Um, They produced a couple of guys, actually. I mean, well... Ken Dykstra was supposed to be, like, the next big thing, and then I think he was fucking the wrong diva, and they fired him. Off he went. Yeah, fair enough. We have a couple honorable mentions. There was La Resistance. La Resistance. Oh, I remember them. Killer Bees. We, we yeah. The Legion of Doom with Heidenreich. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was, um... Beast animal. Animal's the one that's still alive, right? Yeah. Yes. It was some other guy. Hawk had died, but they. Yeah. He was just. Un- he didn't have a tenth of Hawk's talent because Hawk was actually a very good wrestler. Animal wasn't, but Hawk was actually really good. Yeah. To the point where they were actually were thinking about splitting up the Road Warriors and giving him a push. Right. Um, and then he died. Yeah. Here's well. another team. Uh, Beer money. Oh God. Yeah. And my personal favorite, the Motor City Machine Guns. Actually, they are on my list of one of the best tag teams. They, uh, Chris Saban and um, yeah, they're still the motorcycle. Alex team. Shelley, yeah, it's te- it really is a terrible name. They were really good tag, uh, a really good tag team. It's one of the few when you can speak well of TNA. When you can speak well of TNA is when you know you should just take that opportunity to do so. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, they were they were a phenomenal tag team. Um, yes, so. Let's move on to some of our um, least favorite tags, like our personal favorites. Mike, do you have any? Personal favorites or personal least favorites? Um, well, we'll start with the least favorites. Okay. Um, honestly, I'm not a big fan of the Hardys. You know what? The thing with the Hardys was their shtick wore thin very fast. Yeah, I mean... I get it. You're like goth punks or whatever. Yeah, we get it. Jeff is a daredevil. I mean, the thing is, Matt Hardy got the raw deal in that team. Yeah, Matt Hardy was the actual talent. Oh in yeah, that he team. can he can move. Well, he could move. He could talk, he could talk as well as you could expect a you know a hick from North Carolina to talk. Yeah. Um, but he was just he was a better technical wrestler than than Jeff was. Jeff was just like, okay, well, I'm sticking up this match. Tell you what, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna throw myself off a 50 foot ladder right now. Yeah. What am I landing into? The popcorn stands? Okay. <laughs> and actually, um, the uh, that match I saw of them, the steel cage match of them against the Dudleys. Yeah. Um, I think Matt had already gotten out of the cage, and 
the other guy, I can't remember. Jeff? Jeff, yeah. He, he crawled up. He was on the top. He was ready to go out. And he turned around. Saw, saw one of the Dudleys on the table. He was yeah. like, let's try jumping in. He jumped in. The Dudley moved. He smashed himself yeah. on the and table. And that's when JR's like, don't do it, Jeff. you got a long damn career ahead of you. <laughs> Think of your family, boy. We're talking about the the, uh, the Hardys and how their shtick wore thin after... After not a lot of not, not a lot of time had passed, and how Matt may have been the more talented of the two, but the more criminally underutilized of the two. Well, it's yeah. because he didn't do all the crazy. As many he didn't crazy all the crazy stunts. shit that. Yeah. But we, we found out later on that Jeff Hardy was taking oxycontin like skills, <laughs> so he wasn't feeling any pain anyways. I always loved too when they gave him the world title in TNA, um, because they made a special belt for him. And it was looked it, like was it an extreme belt with like Mountain Dew bandoliers no, on? it? actually, like it looked like the WWE Divas title. Oh, and I've always said the Divas title looks like a tramp stamp. It kind of does, yeah. yeah. Which, you know, I mean, look who look who, it, who it's on. Do you have another worst wrestling team? Um, you know, going going modern. I'm not a big fan of the Wyatts. The Wyatts essentially, it's it's a it's a fashion to try to get Bray Wyatt over. I mean, yeah, Bray Bray can move. Bray is, Bray, Bray is, is a decent. Okay, Bray is a decent wrestler. Yeah. The other guys, they're big. That's all they got going for them. Here's the thing with Bray Wyatt, though, he doesn't have nearly a tenth of the talent as the least of the guys in the Shield right now. No, yeah, absolutely not, absolutely not. Well, you, you got to understand though, too, is that I think they're starting to run out of ideas. So they're rehashing old ones. Yeah. yeah, they put a little bit of pepper on it to make it a little bit interesting. But um, I, I just I think they're running out of ideas. No, they're definitely running out of ideas. Yeah. But they're trying to push Bray Wyatt in an era where they pretty much made it clear they're not intent on building new stars. Yeah, I mean the closest thing they got to a building a new star right now is uh, I would say Roman Reigns. Yeah, of the yeah, show. they're very high on him. Yeah, um, Ambrose is. Dean Ambrose is actually Dean technically Ambrose. the most talented member of that team, but, but he's small. He's and that's small his issue. and he's dull. Yeah, that's his issue. He's talented, but, you know, small and dull. And we know what happens when you're small and you're Daniel Bryan. Well, you know what? Right now we can make the right call, put you out at number 30 at the Rumble, and you win the Rumble and everyone goes insane. No, I think we'll rather have the, uh, the, the entire uh, arena turn on us. Yeah. And Batista's getting the title shot, isn't Batista's he? Batista's getting the title shot, and... Uh, nope. Nobody knows who he's going up against right now, though. Well, because he's... well. Tonight's Monday night, so he's, he's supposed to be... Orton's wrestling Cena tonight. Because it's not like we've ever seen that match before. <laughs> but it's usually a good match. It's an okay match. I, I still think Cena's stuck in third gear. I think I, I don't think Cena's very good. I think Orton can carry him. I think Orton, Orton could definitely great. carry him. But even Orton is like... He, Orton is looking bored at this point. It's like, okay, do I have to wrestle the same three guys over Yes, and over? they don't have the love. And quite frankly, I think the uh, the crowd is getting bored with Orton as well. Yeah. Well, the, thing, the, the irony is that he's been begging to be a heel for years. He's been a face. He was a terrible face. Begging to be a heel. They finally make him a heel, and all of a sudden he's like, ah, I don't really want to be a heel anymore. Um, Jim, worst tag teams. Anyone that comes to, springs to mind right now? Uh, yeah, the worst tag team I ever saw because it was such a build-up for it. It was just, it was just terrible. Was the Paul Roma Four Horsemen? The newest member of these Four Horsemen is legitimately one of those kid-stealing, wheeling-dealing, limousine-riding, jet-flying son of a gun that girls have kissed y'all and made you cry. 
I'm talking about none other than styling and profiling pretty Paul Roma. Come on out here, Paul. Hey, does he not fit the demographic? Keep screaming, girls. Don't be ashamed of it. Paul, welcome, brother, to the horseman. Yeah. That was awful. They brought him in. Oh, it's like you're just putting Paul Roma next to Ric Flair. It's like trying to... I mean, I understand what Ric Flair was trying to do. He was like... He wanted, to, he wanted to build a new guy, but I don't think it was his call. Oh, I think it might have been Dusty's. Oh, it probably was Dusty's, because Dusty was in the mood of, of embarrassing oh. Flair yet again. Here's I, what you're going to do, baby. Because my favorite... <laughs> Tag team or stable was the four horses. Yeah, I, but I liked the original. I liked Ole Arn. Are you saying you didn't like the Mongo McMichael uh, oh, horseman God, either? Stunk. He was awful. What were they thinking? Well, he played football. <laughs> okay. So did Missing Scott Sisson for the New England <laughs> Patriots. You don't see anybody giving him a job. Uh, so Lawrence Taylor, but you didn't see him wrestling. Oh wait. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah, that was great. Uh, Here's what you're gonna do, Bam Bam. You're gonna lose to Lawrence Taylor. Then you're getting a title shot. No, you're not. Crickets, 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 crickets. crickets. Um. All right. On my list, I've got America's Most Wanted. A uh, one of the one of the early TNA stalwarts. Um. Just boring. It was Chris Harris and um, not Bobby Roode from Beer Money. The other guy from Beer Money. Um, and they're just boring. But the thing was that they came out around the time... They were heels around the time of the movie Brokeback Mountain. So every time oh, they'd be fighting boy. somebody, they would get into a compromising position and everyone in the audience would be encouraged to say, Brokeback Mountain! WWE. No, this is TNA. Whatever. Professional wrestling is always synonymous with the lowest common denominator. Oh, kind of like at the... The Sturgis thing, but they used to use the Hog Wilds. Yes, and um, it was Har- Harlem Heat came out. Who were the faces Where? at the time? At Sturgis. At Sturgis, Harlem they, Heat. They were the faces, and they were booed like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, here's a good idea. Let's put Harlem in a biker convention. Yeah. Because that's what it is. It's a bi- I remember Dee Snyder came up, and he's like, hey, you guys ready to rock and roll? And they threw cow crap and shoes and lollipops and crap at the poor guy. Marshall Tucker came out. They lost their minds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can't you see? Yes, Marshall. Yeah. Can see. Mike, you got anybody else? Um, not for not for worst. Jim, you brought up a couple earlier. Worst? Yeah. Um, what about DDP? Oh yes, uh, Diamond Dallas Page when he teamed up with Jay Leno. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> The sick thing about that match, Jay Leno got the pin. I know. Anybody who wants to say that Hulk Hogan is a selfish bastard who never puts anybody over, never met Jay Leno. But <laughs> he's like the chin drop on him. So, <laughs> have you ever seen <laughs> the match? <laughs> I, I oh, it's it. horse shit. Oh, it is so, of course it is. I mean, for a part it's of Jay the, Leno. Yeah. Well, here's the thing with Jay Leno. He's like, they couldn't, they couldn't physically punch Jay Leno. They couldn't actually do any damage to him at all. But what he would do is he'd keep pointing at his chin like, yeah, take a punch, take a punch. Nope. Can't do it. Contract says we can't touch you. It's like, <laughs> sorry, we might hit you and affect that but, that dazzlingly funny but, but, Tonight but Show. What sets me is a group of people who are supposed to be experts in the profession of putting, you know, promoters putting yeah. together a wrestling card actually thought this was a good idea. These gimmicks never work. You're forgetting who else was in the match, James. The Hulkster. The Hulkster was in the match, paired with who? I forget who he was. Rodman. 
Dennis Rodman. Okay. I, 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 the making, state rests. Dennis Rodman is a character of his own. Well, yeah. Oh, God. Carl Malone was, at at least, was involved in this movie At least somehow. he's an athlete. At least he's an athlete. And he's, like, he's a big, muscular guy. And he's tall. Yeah. Jay Leno is <laughs> a, a comedian. I mean, who's next with Buddy Hackett coming out too? <laughs> Smash someone over the head with a bedpan, which is I laughed the hardest when, when Stone Cold went into a. Into a into oh a yeah, to Vince's house. Smashed him over the head with a bedpan. <laughs> I mean, there was no poop. In yeah, it. that would have made it even funnier. <laughs> All right, Here, here's one, and here's another TNA winner. Um, we brought this up at the gimmick uh, show before, but I, I have to mention the Johnsons. The Johnsons oh, essentially yeah. were two guys dressed in flesh-colored bodysuits. Oh, so. <laughs> get it? <laughs> I, I'm saying, if I'm a wrestler, yeah, I would refuse to have a gimmick. <laughs> I, I'll never forget watching that um, that wrestling show. It was either wrestling in the shadows or whatever it was. Yeah. And there was that guy's like, I really think this gimmick's gonna work. And they cut to the ring, and he rides out on a bike <laughs> with a paperboy bag. <laughs> The paper boy. He wins by slapping some guy with a with a with a hand rolled newspaper. I would refuse. I would re- unless they said you're going to be the proctologist, right? If they told me, I would probably consider doing that. Here we go, over the jelly finger. <laughs> well, you know, that could, that could be a manager, Doctor Jellyfinger. You can put like a white lab coat on. Brian Dermody had brought up that his finishing move would have been a heart punch, but he'd call it the uh, the rusty needle because he'd come out to a doctor's gimmick. And before he'd hit you with the heart punch, he'd like stick up the knuckle of his middle finger and tap it like a needle, <laughs> and hold it up and then punch you in the heart, which is supposed to stop your heart. Actually, Dermody did. The- when we used to have our little wrestling game and you could oh, make yeah. your own paper. Yep. You said he had ass rodeo too. <laughs> <laughs> it was his laptop. I'd be at work three days later and I'd be thinking <laughs> Not ass rodeos. Well yeah. <laughs> well that was the same that was the same thing where I did the NWP with our for our horribly racist friend Pat. That's right. <laughs> Pat was the only white guy in a um, in a faction of all black wrestlers, but I made him Patty Two Scoops because he was he was parents owned an ice cream place and he had a gimmick like he had the the tool cool gimmick where he'd come out and he'd be da- you know dancing banging it banging it banging it banging it. That's right. You gave him a, a fresh new street look. Exactly. Jim, <laughs> my funky Negro. How you doing? <laughs> okay. Um. Also on my list, I do have to mention the Mega Powers. Of course. Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage. Because you figure, Randy Savage was a heel forever. He became a face around WrestleMania One of the great four. heels. One of the great heels of all time. Comes in, as a, you know, makes it as a face, wins the title at WrestleMania 4 with the help of Hulk Hogan, because God forbid he gets over oh, on his own. Of course not, yeah. Um, wins the title, now they're best buddies. They're doing everything together. But... Every time they had a tag match together, they both had to wear the orange and red, uh, the uh, yellow and red, like Hogan. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? Mm. Actually, I got to admit, when the Mega Powers theoretically exploded yeah. on um, and uh, WrestleMania Five, Savage actually gave Hogan a good match. Hmm? Savage was one of those guys who could carry other guys. But there was actual talk that they were going to put, they were going to let Savage keep the belt. Yeah. And then the Hulkster pitched a kibosh on that. 
through a tantrum. Sorry, brother. Suburban Commando 2 is coming out soon, brother. But I don't want a Christmas Ninja. I don't want a Christmas Ninja. Yeah, that stupid movie he was in. That's right, brother. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> you, Jesse, just gonna watch it. You got anybody else? No. No? What about Pac-Man Jones? Oh, that's right, Pac-Man. Pac-Man Jones and Ron Killings. Ron, the truth, Killings. Here, you want to know the interesting thing about that tag team? Just like Jay Leno... Pac-Man Jones was not allowed by his NFL um, contract to hit anybody, get hit, do any... He really, realistically, couldn't even step in the ring. And they won the tag championship. <laughs> was that TNA? That was, that's TNA. Yeah, well, that explains a few things. Yeah. So that's, when, that's when you got to admire the quality of the writing. That's when you've given up. Yeah. I give up. I am out of fresh out what of we, ideas. Hey, I have an idea. Hey, who's that football player? Who's that gang banging, running, you know, rain making thug? Who's that? Uh, yeah, who's that NFL player that made it rain in a strip club and demanded all the money back because he didn't think they needed to keep it, Shaps. and then had one of his boys shoot up the club afterwards. Shaps. What's his name? Donkey Kong Jones. Uh, oh, yeah. Just realized that one. All right. Let's move on to some favorites. Okay. Mike. Who do you like? Um I know I'm I know I'm probably gonna get some flack for this, but I actually don't mind some of the like the single wrestlers that gets teamed up together. Okay. So like um <clears throat> well, you know, go for more recent uh team hell yes. Or hell no. Team hell no. Yeah. Look, it's simple. Just stay out of my way. What are you talking about? May I remind you that long before you started teaming with me, I beat the Big Show for the world title in 45 seconds. And you think that's going to happen again? Yes! No! I love Brian Daniel. I'm Daniel Bryan. I really, really do. I just, I am so tired of Kane. I know, but... The He's thing, been there forever. The, thing, yeah, exactly. the thing I liked about that team is that you had really short guy who can mm-hmm. move really fast and be really, really big guy who can't and move so fast. And the guy who was supposed to be the big star of the team. Yeah. Yeah, and... Yeah, I, I, I I'll just, admit, they kept those titles on them forever. Yeah. And, I mean, you know what? Yeah, I mean, you can hate Kane all you want. Mm-hmm. He can pull the power moves. He can. He absolutely can. Well, he's seven He's been tall. doing the same power moves. Yeah. yeah. Over the most. Uh, I mean, between him and the Big Show. Yeah. Yeah. So, who else you got? Um. Uh. You know, I get Rock and Sock. You were there. I like. You were there the night they won the titles. I, yeah. I, I did like them. Well, I like the Rock. You could. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean. The, you could team up The Rock with Schneider from One Day at a Time and I'd watch it. I think they did at one point, I too. I think they won the titles as well. But I mean, when you team up a talent like The Rock with a talent like Mick Foley... Yeah. Well, part of the thing, the beauty of their team was is that they never really... They didn't really feud at this point. They had feuded earlier on. Yeah. Well, but the awesome whole matches. Oh, yeah. The whole thing was that The Rock was annoyed by Foley. You know, Foley was just a geek at that point. Oh, you know? yeah. But he just... You could see how much it was grating on him, but they made a great tag team because of that. Yeah, and it was nice too of the Undertaker to put over that it young star. Was the they, odd the Rock, couple. Already, was that? It was the odd couple. They yeah, were exactly the Vince Russo trademark tag team partners who hate each other. Well, I mean, you just look at him and you're like, you got a smile. 
Yeah, it was great. They were great. They really were great. Um, I mean, the, the problem is that when they rely too heavily on taking two singles and two already established singles guys. Yeah, one of them like, usually one one of them would be holding the title at some point. Exactly. Unless Steve Weiser was demanding it at that point. Oh well, there was a time when when Triple H and um, Austin hold held all the major titles. Right. They were the te- you know they were the two man power trip. You know, mm-hmm. Austin held the heavyweight. Title. That's right. When the Austin turned heel. Yeah, Triple H uh, held the IC title, and then they gave the, the they gave the tag titles as well. And in the match where they lost, them, Triple H's uh, quad rolled up like a Venetian blind. Yeah. Hard to believe that, that he kept denying he was on Who'd steroids. They to? Um, Jericho and Benoit. Yeah. Okay. Who are you know another established you know two established guys yeah, who have a great tag so team good. together? Yeah. And but you know you got you got admire um, Triple H. He can he continued on in that match. You let um, Jericho put the walls of Jericho on he him won't again. Give Triple H credit. He doesn't like. No, him. no. I I thought no during that era he was putting people over left and right more so than he does all the time. He, he does all, all the time. time. He puts over established guys though. Well, does he fight any? But right now, no, dance? no. But he did get. A, I think he did get a win on Brock Lesnar, though. A full, you know. Well, then again, Brock's not really a full time guy either. But moving yeah, on, Brock Lesnar's yeah. Terrible. But like on. Vitamin C, which was Chris uh, Jericho and Christian, they were a great team. Yeah, they were a lot of fun too. It was Christian. I just I love watching Christian. He is so funny. Mm. Remember when he when he when he and he lost his job at WWE, so we went to uh, TNA. And he's feuding with Jeff Jarrett, who inexplicably was holding the title. I don't know, because his dad owned the promotion or something. <laughs> yeah, it didn't have anything to do with it. Either. Yeah. Um, and he's like, you know, Jeff Jarrett says, I don't look like a champion. Huh, what does a champion look like? Well, let me just take all this stuff out of Santa's bag. Okay, here's a shiny shirt. Here's some sunglasses. Here's a blonde wig. Hey, do I look like a champion? Like, Let me see a mirror real quick. Do I look like a champion? I look like a jackass right now. <laughs> he was... Awesome. Um, Jim, some favorite tag team, sir? Well, I already mentioned... Um, it was, you know, two 80s tag yeah. teams. It was um, the, the original Four Horsemen. And I love the Freebirds. Oh, yeah. I mean... Mm. Because I, I, you know, I tend to root... I tended to root for heels. Mm. So everybody in... You know, everybody was rooting for the Von Erichs. I mean... You didn't yep. root for the Von Erickson in grade six at Car- Car- Carmella Ake Farley School. You'd be hunted down like a dog. <laughs> um, I had a couple on mine that haven't been mentioned already. I mean, we've mentioned Oh, everybody. and the Iceman King Parsons and Buck Rock and Roll Zumhoff. Oh, they were great teams. <laughs> Buck Zumhoff, who I believe just got indicted for having sex with his daughter. Oh, God. Yeah. Ask Kevin Marshall about that. That was, yeah. yeah. Way to go, Buck. Um... Paul London and Brian Kendrick actually have held the t- they held the SmackDown tag titles for I think like three days shy of a year. They're one of the longest reigning tag team champions in the history of the WWE. Now they're more for the company anymore because they're also both like five two and yeah. way a buck twenty five soaking wet. But you like them? They were great. T- did you ever see Paul London <laughs> wrestling? Uh, I did. I did. He was. He was a lot of fun to play in the SmackDown game. It was a lot of good moves, and they never really had Kendrick on. Kendrick was actually pretty cool, too. Um, and then AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels. Another, you know, if you got something nice to say about TNA, please say something about it. They're the two top guys. Hmm. Excellent. Both of them excellent. Yeah. Um, Mike wanted me to, uh, Mike Cicerone, did you guys get any others before I... Uh, actually, yeah. yeah. I, I just want to bring up um, 
One more of that came up to mind. Uh, the original DX, uh, Shawn Michaels and Triple H. Actually, were they? Yeah, they were the original DX. I'm just trying to go back to like back when they were. Then they brought in X. Then they brought X Pac. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. But no, I mean Shawn Michaels and Triple H were. They, I mean, they just had fun with it. The I mean, late '90s iteration of DX was awesome. Yeah, but that was the the up. That was the beginning of the upward swing. Yeah, yeah. Because that's when. That's the Attitude Era. That was the right. The, the that's when, that's Austin and the Rock. And that's the, when they did everything they could to just annoy Vince. Yeah, I'm going to take care of DX. I can guarantee you that. No one is going to embarrass me like that ever again. No one ever is going to. <laughs> oh my! God. Hello, hello. That's not me talking. <laughs> you better damn well lower my microphone and lower it now! I'm not Alvin the Chipmunk! <laughs> so therefore... <laughs> that sounds like Andre. Estim Delores Mike. I'm not very white. Sound like Darth Vader. <laughs> Damn it! And it, well, actually, they were annoying uh, Commissioner Slaughter. Yeah. It's like they would put on the um, like the face guards with the windshield wipers <laughs> on them, and because he's. <laughs> That was fun. They 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 brought them back as a as a team in like the mid mid aughts, so like two thousand five, yeah. two thousand six, and it was just it wasn't the same. two guys that had so built up so much power in the team. They buried the entire tag team division in one match. Yeah, I actually saw them live at SummerSlam, and it was like they beat Vince and Shane, and then they did bring out their new um, monster heel Umaga, who got you know creamed by the two of them. Mm. But I mean, you know, those two are very good, capable wrestlers, and they were just a great team. I, yeah. thought, I thought they were fantastic. Well, I mean, like you said, they were one of the few teams. I mean, you had a, a, a mat guy. I always think it's good for tag teams if you if you team up a mat guy with a high flyer. Right. Type. Yeah. Um. Well, Shawn Michaels is one of my three favorite wrestlers yeah. of all time. Yeah. I think he's. Okay, you know what I think of him. Um, but teaming him up with Triple H I yeah. think was 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 a very very good idea. Changing Triple H from Hunter Hearst Helmsley to oh it was a brilliant oh idea. yeah it was a stroke yeah. of genius. I mean just to and, you know it's funny because remember they, them coming out and like I, I it was one of those tag teams where they're supposed to have a shtick but I wasn't you really weren't quite sure what the shtick was supposed yeah. to be. Like they're like I'm like are they motocross guys? I'm not really <laughs> I'm not really sure what they are. They are actually best friends. You know, it's... Yeah yeah. Um. Hands out one of the best entrance themes. Oh yeah, ever. Yeah. Are you ready? <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Yeah. Um, anyone else? No, that's I'm all good. I got. I'm good. All right. So, um, good discussion, everybody. Mm-hmm. So let's move on to some of our segments. Stupid, stupid. Mike, uh, I couldn't think of anything. Couldn't think of anything. Well, I do have one thing we could bring up. Okay. Why the hell are people apologizing for Michael Bay's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Have you seen them? 
I have, and some people are just digging it. I'm, I don't get it. The turtles all look like they found like a discarded um, box of anabolic steroids and decided, yeah. hey, let's shoot this into our asses, as opposed to our normal turtle asses, are, as opposed to normal mutant turtles. Oh, you, you haven't seen these. I mean, they are just—it's bizarre. They've all got noses, huh? They've all yeah, got these weird someone noses. Someone brought that up. Someone brought that up that they have noses, and it's creepy. Mm. And it was funny too because the first look that you got at them, they released what the Halloween costume was going to look like. Yeah. Like, then then well, they released the Captain America costumes. It's like, okay, well, at least we have hope that the Falcon's going to look better. Yeah, and he does. He, yeah, but um, yeah, I, it's just yet another thing. I don't think Michael Bay thinks that the thing he's putting out is a thing that it should be. <laughs> It's like, well, let me see. It's been around for ages. Yeah. It's very just, you know, Michael, it's been a while since you've had a hit. You better start appealing to the kids. It's the lowest common denominator. It's all you got left, because pretty soon you're going to be making safety videos for Six Flags. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, he could do that pretty well, because he's like, this is what happens when it goes wrong. Boom! You got some fat kid with cotton candy and a wallet. Doing the slow motion dive into the screen. When we were watching the Super Bowl, they had the ad for Transformers 4, and it's like, oh my god, I think Michael Bay might know what a dinosaur looks like. I was really worried that, like, Grimlock was going to come out like an Apache helicopter or something like that. <laughs> Me, Grimlock! Oh, give him time. Oh, yeah, I know. We've only seen 30 seconds of it. Yeah. We've only just begun. So, uh, speaking of Super Bowl commercials and the full-length trailer that followed, Trailer Park. We're talking about Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Most of the intelligence community doesn't believe he exists. The ones that do call him the Winter Soldier. He's a ghost. You'll never find him. shield to protect people captain to build a better world sometimes means tearing the old one down and that makes enemies One step, people are gonna die. I can't let that happen. Captain America needs my help. When do we start? We just did. Looks terrible. Yeah, I know. I think they finally found the um, the kryptonite for Marvel movies. Actually, this thing looks fucking awesome. Yes, it does. Oh my god! Are you gonna see it? Nah, I think I'm gonna wait till video. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, I mean, Falcon looks per- looks great. Yeah, everything they've shown of Anthony Mackie as Falcon looks great. Um, the Winter Soldier actually looks great too. And yeah, I like he that. looks pretty much like the Winter Soldier. Yeah, yeah, he looks exactly like the Winter Soldier. I like the fact though that they're really not giving it away. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, for those I who mean, don't read the comic books and don't know who he is. I mean, you, you, is. Saw, you saw, like, uh, like, a brief image of him without the mask. Yeah. But it's, I like... I assume it's the same actor, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm so looking forward to seeing this movie. Yeah. Um... I like the bit, though, about them. Oh, Cap, did you have any, any plans tonight? Well, usually Saturday nights I have my barbershop quartet. But since most of those guys are dead. <laughs> I don't get it. Oh. And I'm hoping that when it finally comes out, we'll finally get our first uh, Guardians of the Galaxy trailer. Mm. Actually, I've... Oh. I've heard that the uh, that the post-credit sequence on Cap is, go- is going to be... Um, uh, of the Sc- Avengers. It's going to be Scarlet Witch and... Um, Quicksilver. Yeah. Which I'm surprised we didn't get a better well, Super Well, I thought, yeah. I, I, well, um, the way that the casting is going right now, well, the Quicksilver that's in Days of Futures Past is not the same Quicksilver that's in The Avengers. No. They're both played by different actors. And I guess um, The Avengers can't actually use the word mutant. No. To describe no, it, because that's, that's kind of Fox's thing. Which is, yeah. you know, fine. They don't have to mention mutant. It's not like they're going to be fighting Magneto or anything. Or, Dor- or Cerebro. Or Dorito. Or, um, but yeah, the Days of Futures Past, I'm surprised we didn't get a better trailer on the, at the Super Bowl for that. Uh, you'll get that in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. You'll see um, I honestly have to say, based on what they've been doing with it, this could very well be the most ambitious superhero movie ever made. Mm. Well, I think they're trying to be a little artsy. I think so. I also, but I do think though that if it does well, if it's you know, if it makes, I'm not even saying Avengers. I'm just saying like maybe first Iron Man money, the the bar has been raised. Mm. I don't think it's going to make that type of money, Andy. I, I think, think it's, it's going to do really well. It's going to do really it well. It'll be critically make about like what the Wolverine movies and first class be, makes. It'll, it'll be do crit- well. It'll be critically acclaimed. It's going to you know everybody's going to like it. It's it, they're just not the same household characters or name like Iron right. Man. Or, right. Or, I, honestly, I'm kind of surprised. Um, and who they get for directors though, the Russo brothers. Oh yeah, who are who are probably the most well known is Arrested Development. Yeah, directing for the first season of Arrested Development. Yeah. Whoa. I mean, you know what? Hey, you know they're getting them from all sources, and the beauty is too they're getting directors that aren't like niched into anything. Yeah. You know, so you can't like point to their work and go, "Well, it's definitely going to have this influence or that influence." I mean, the closest thing they get to that was uh, Branagh. For the first Thor, I would say the closest thing they got to that was uh, Johnson for first Captain America. Yeah, that too. That too. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it looks really interesting. But I can't wait to see the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. Trailer. Yeah. I mean, they've whetted our appetites enough. I can't wait to see what it actually kind of starts to. Oh, it's going to be funny. You know, oh, it'll be fun. Go. I've heard everybody who's seen previews of it has said it's it's hilarious. I, like the most <laughs> fun superhero movie you'll ever see. I, I just want them to end. Who are they the... fighting in it? Is it Thanos? Uh, no. Um, well, Thanos is going to have his hands in it, but the main villain is going to be the Collector, uh, played by. Uh, oh, that's a Toro. 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 I saw that. The Lee Pace, who's Lee Pace playing? Oh, uh, Ronan the Ronan, Ronan the, the Accuser. The Accuser, yes. Yeah. And um, Michael Rooker is playing Yondu. And um, Karen uh, Karen Gillan. Yeah. Karen Gillan. Uh, Batista is uh, Drax. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Really, at this point, it's, it's just amazing what they're doing with the Marvel characters right now. I just, I just want the trailer to end with um, uh, Vin Diesel going, "I am Groot." <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, let's move on to our shills. Mike, you got some stuff to shill. Yeah, I have a couple things to shill. Go ahead. Uh, first, 
I'll go with Lego, the Lego Movie. All right. So um, yesterday, dying to see it. Oh, dying to it see is it. So yeah, good. It's going to be taking the kids for that. Yeah. It is funny. It. Is actually really rather emotional in times. Yeah. It is just really, really well done. I've heard. I mean, I've heard nothing but good things about it. Ninety-seven percent Rotten Tomatoes. Yep. And um, fully deserves it. Too. It made back its production budget already. And they've already hired someone on to write a, to write a sequel. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I cannot wait to see it. And speaking of rest development, Will Arnett is uh, Batman. Yeah, I know. Will Arnett's Batman. Jonah Hill is uh, Green Lantern. Oh, the uh, interaction between Green Lantern and Superman are fantastic. Oh, I can't wait. I really cannot wait to see this because it just looks like so much fun. Yes, it um, is. Yeah. My my honestly, my personal favorite character was Unikitty. Unikitty, yeah, it's a uh, I it's a cat with a unicorn horn and a ponytail. <laughs> yeah, she's a she's a princess of Cloud Cuckoo Land. <laughs> what? <laughs> it, 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 it's I'm sure that there's a lot of anime influence in kind of the yeah yeah some kind of the characterizations and oh. stuff. Yes. But hey, they got Morgan Freeman in it. What more do you want? Oh, dude, have you seen the behind the bricks, like behind the scenes? I haven't seen any of that. Oh, all I know is that Morgan Freeman doesn't leave microphones around. Every time he speaks into them, they turn into solid. It's great. Gold. It's great. He's like. It was an honor to be portrayed by the golden-voiced Morgan Freeman. That man could read the phone book and make it sound interesting. 555-3492. Just listen to that rich molasses. Penguins didn't exist before Morgan Freeman narrated them. (laughs) I don't get it. Jim, what do you got? I don't really have anything to show. Oh, you know what I do? I'm sorry, do I have um, a a new, a free video game I I discovered Mm. on. Better not be Flappy Birds. I just pulled that one off. It's not. No, not Flappy Birds. It's an MMO. It is uh, Neverwinter. It's called. It's a. It's a massive, a multiplayer online game. Yeah. And I, I, it's. I just happened to. I was playing. I sound like Mike, but I was playing around, and I, I found it. It's. It's free. What's good about it is they say, okay, it's free. All of them say they're free to play. Yeah. But in order to get, you know, the most out of it, you get a they make up. it very unenjoyable unless you, you oh, have yeah. a subscription. Oh, yeah. Like uh, Knights of the Old Republic, you walk really slowly. <laughs> yeah. You don't get access. You don't level up as fast. Yeah. In this, you don't have to spend a dime. You do, You literally, I mean, you can... There were things, and, and it's actually weird, the things that you can spend money on are so expensive you would never do it. Like, you can get, like, a character pack. It's $200. <laughs> 200 it's US dollars, US not Bitcoin. Oh. I, almost, I, I, I thought it was a joke, and it's it's not. It's no, $200. No. But it's, you know, it, it really, what's cool about it, though, is it's not your t- typical point-and-click. Yeah. You know, like, you know, push this button to throw a spell or something like that. You actually take the mouse and you use it and you actually move the guy oh. around. It's actually more interactive than the re- the MMO games like World of Warcraft, which I've never played. Yeah. Um, mm. The Dungeons and Dragons version, which I've never played. Mm. Um, but it's, this is really, really enjoyable. Nice. I mean, and, and I'm, I'm recommending it because you really, really don't have to spend any money on it. That's nice. cool. Nice. I want to go back to you, Mike. What do you got? Yeah, something else. yeah. Um, actually, uh, fitting in with uh, with the topic of at hand on Netflix, you can watch the uh, the Triple H documentary, uh, King, "Thy Kingdom Come." Okay, and it's really, really interesting. Have you gotten to the Hunter the Barbarian yet? Because they well, didn't mention he... him. 
game. Oh, it, it, it basically you know it starts with him you know you know training under uh, Killer Kowalski. Yeah. Um. It, then well, it my goes, sister-in-law int- attended to in his dying days. And what? She's a nurse. She was attending to Killer Kowalski. He was in her hospital, and she was telling me that yeah, I, I'm I'm taking care of this old wrestler right now. You might know him, Killer Kowalski. I'm like Killer Kowalski. Oh my goodness! Punch him in the balls and said, "Andy says hello." <laughs> But you know, then it follows that him. Tough old bastard. And it follows him as uh, terrorizing. <laughs> Apparently, like when when he first started in the in the professional wrestling, yeah. his uh, his manager at the time said, "Well, you're gonna be terrorizer." Like, well, I kind of wanted like a first name and then a last name. He's like, "Okay, first name Terra, last name Riser." Yeah. And did they show him losing to the Ultimate Warrior in 30 seconds at WrestleMania? Nah, they they missed that one. But you know, then you know they go through the DX, and it actually goes right up to um, his match against the uh, Undertaker. Yeah, a uh, couple where you know, at the end they walk up and they uh, all hugging at the top. Yep. Do you remember the second match? Was the second match they had where he actually almost killed the Undertaker, and they like Undertaker managed to get through the match. Win, of course, is what he does. Was that when he took the the, the the sledgehammer and he drilled him upside the head with it? No, that was WrestleMania 17. No, excuse no, me. No, this was um this was recently. Mm. Actually, this was like this was a couple of years ago, and the Undertaker was so like beaten by the match, they ended up taking him out on a stretcher. That yeah, that was that was their first um uh, WrestleMania. Who won? No, but I mean, I mean, it also you know brought up the uh, Madison Square Garden incident. Oh yeah, yeah, which he's still bitter about for this day. Oh yeah, he, they, yeah, he did like a 1999 interview with him and Jr. Yeah, where he's like talking about how much he he pissed off about how he he was the only one punished for that. He was the only one punished for it, and that was after he jumped to the Undertaker in 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah. No, he still doesn't let that one go, which is amazing because now he's married to the boss's daughter. Yeah, uh, they brought. He's they, running this. He's, he's running the company yeah. pretty much. They they, they uh, brought up the uh, his whole. Have they brought up every one of his acquisitions? Has failed horribly on him. No. Okay, it, so Sinkara, um, Karma. He brought in was supposed to be like this big dominant women's wrestler. She bowed out after two months when she was pregnant. And then, unfortunately, she lost the baby, and then came back, and then quit. Yeah. Now, I, I will say though, um, the the end of the it, that documentary could have been about ten fifteen minutes short because the last ten fifteen minutes is just everyone saying, "Wow, Triple H is just the greatest wrestler ever. He is a, he is the greatest thing that happened to this company That's ever." What I always love about watching Undertaker things. He's so giving. This, this is actually one of the few times where you can actually see the Undertaker out of character. Oh really? Yeah, he wow. actually he, had, he actually does interviews. Um, something you know, someone's interviews for the documentary where it's just him. Um, I really don't have much to show. I'm going to go back to a show I had a couple of years ago. Um, I went back and started watching some of the Todd in the Shadows videos on YouTube. Essentially, it's it's a music review, mm-hmm. and he just posted his list of the worst songs of 2013, and he's like, mm-hmm. this year. Sucked. Yes, it did. For music. Yeah. He's like, it's finally fucking over. And he goes through this whole list. Now, there's an earlier video that he did about a month or two ago where he was talking about how alternative, like pop alternative now, kind of is just boring and stuff like that. But 
One band was really sticking out for him, the Imagine Dragons. He's like, these guys are really good. Radioactive is such a great song. And then he got like this other pop alt band called One Republic, and they're boring and dull. They sound like Train. And now let's listen to their songs. And they they play this song called Catching Stars. Like, yeah, that's really getting down. And but this song called Demons is so like pandering and boring. And wait, what? Wait, no, no, they're not from the opposite bands, are they? Then they like. They show this graphic of the uh, of the albums flipping. It's like, no, Wonder Republic can't have a good song. <laughs> oh my god, no, this, this can't be right. No, the Imagine Dragons are a better band. No, they could have done Demons. And then during the 2013 worst of 2013, it's like, okay, now I'm pissed off. I put these guys on my best of 2012 list. Then they put out Demons, which you know I can understand. They released the EP. Demons wasn't on that EP, and then they cut the they, they showed the track listing of the EP. All right, well. um... Maybe that's a second release of the EP. This big flashing note wasn't. Um, maybe they had a wormhole where they went back in time and put that awful track on there. It's, it's a lot of fun to watch. Um, you know, I've mentioned. What before, does he think of Blurred Lines? Oh God, that actually ended up in his honorable mention worst song. It's like that's not his worst song. No, actually, his worst song of the year was uh, Roar. Katy Perry. Okay. He's got like a little Wayne song on there that he really hates. There's a Drake song on there that he really hates. The Jay-Z song with um, Timberlake where he's just talking about how awful it is being so rich and, you know, oh, yeah. married to a hot woman and well-respected and everything. He's got a tough wine, wine, He wine. does. He does. Poor bastard. Yeah, so anyway, let's uh, let's let's wrap up. Um, so next episode, episode 95, we're getting close to episode 100. We're going to be talking about the movies of 1984. This is a gigantic year for movies, mm. so I can't wait to hear what we've um, what we've got in store, for, you know, what you guys want to talk about. I know, Jim, you'll be excited. It's the year Chud was released. <laughs> Excellent. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, we will definitely be talking about that, among other things. But if you have any feedback, you give it to us at uh, geeksalad at yahoo.com. Was DC Cab on it? Uh, no, DC Cab was last year, remember? Yeah, we already it covered it. It was released late in the year, but... We already covered yeah, it. Yeah, we already covered DC Cab. I already played the clip of the Barbarian Brothers and their awful story where, where they're driving their cab backwards the entire time because they couldn't get it fixed. Yeah. You make fun of that movie, Andy. Calm down, calm down. I know. Life isn't fair sometimes. Um, But yeah, definitely give us the feedback at our uh, yahoo.com email address. You can also give us feedback at Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Geek Salad Radio. Uh, Check out the archive either on the iTunes store, the Stitcher app, um, which is a phenomenal app. I love it so much. Uh, You can also um, check out the entire archive at uh, geeksalad.podbean.com. Dot com right there on the interwebs. Always fun to listen to old episodes. Um, so anyway, <laughs> yes, I, I have a watch too, gentlemen. We're just comparing watches right now. I, I think Mike's is, is the most spectacular. However, Jim's is the most large. Yes, Mine's Jim. Actually, that looks like a gold medal. That looks like a Sochi medal. It's brown. Okay, well that's. Well, that's that looks like a rush. Sochi medal after yeah, exactly. it's in the uh, Russian hotel rooms. <laughs> exactly. What? What did you want? Clear water? <laughs> so you're gonna watch your your roommate take a poo? <laughs> so what? We give you a picture of shirtless Putin. What more do you want? We've got security cameras to watch you in the bathroom. We keep you safe. When that bobsledder broke out of the bathroom, bathroom, and it's like, what the hell are they lining the door with? That looks like a that looks like a bee's nest. Putin. <laughs>
So anyway, until next time, I'm Andy. I'm Mike. I'm Jim. The fourth Andy Nerdful. We'll talk to you later. You and Big Show have so much in common. Why don't you team with him and you two can call yourselves Team No Show? Is this because I didn't invite you to my house for Thanksgiving? Maybe.